the first butterfly. Episode 3. A novel written by Jason Calibre. Narrated by Chris Bander. Chapter 2. Keith and Connie entered a brightly lit restaurant located in a suburban Los Angeles strip mall. Small tables covered with red linen filled a room ringed with booths, and paintings of exotic landscapes decorated yellow walls. Couples sat among the tables, drinking tea, eating meals, and talking, while speakers softly filled the room with a new-age version of Asian music. Connie charmed the host with small talk while requesting a table in a secluded corner. As they sat down, a server rushed up and placed a pot of tea, with the steam from the pot giving off a discreet hint of jasmine, on the table along with two menus. Keith picked one up and was trying to decide between the orange chicken or sweet and sour pork when Connie slid a memory stick in front of him. I need you to do some work outside the office tomorrow, she began. Come on, Connie. I haven't even got a sip of tea and already you're talking business. Is this any way to start our first date? He joked. This isn't, she protested, but noticing his grin, stopped, brushed a stray strand of hair from her eyes, and laughed. Shut up and listen, old man. Keith frowned. People from work constantly reminding him about his age was starting to annoy him, but he did not want a confrontation. All right. He held up his hands in mock defeat. A waitress came by, and Connie ordered Peking duck for both of them. This seemed pushy to Keith, but he reminded himself that she was paying. In his opinion, she was taking being in charge too far. Then again, he had worked for a lot worse. What's the assignment? He asked, picking up the memory stick. I need you to familiarize yourself with the information on that and meet with a former client. Don't you have salespeople who are better qualified? You must know, I'm not experienced dealing face-to-face with customers. He started to hand the stick back to her. You've got the perfect background. She held up a hand to stop his efforts. You want me to check their electrical outlets and see if they're up to code? He countered. No, I need you to do a real-world investigation and stop a crime. It sounds... Keith ventured. Like you need a cop. I need an inspector, and you were once one. A building inspector. He instantly regretted uttering the words. Keith's previous work was not the same as the backgrounds possessed by other employees who worked in Connie's department. At the time of his hiring, the human resources manager had assured him this was not a problem. They were looking for someone who possessed a different perspective than a typical software technician. Even knowing this, he still did not feel safe drawing attention to his lack of high-tech experience. Connie paused for a moment, then continued without acknowledging that she had missed a beat. I need someone who can do fieldwork. Make observations, document, and report them. You're the perfect candidate. With all due respect, I doubt it. Why? I'm not good at confrontations, and this assignment sounds confrontational. All I want you to do is knock on a door. There will probably be nobody home anyway. If that's the case, you just need to write up a report to show our department did its part. You'll be back in the office by noon. And if someone's there, what then? Just talk to them. It's an easy assignment, and like it or not, 
If you want to advance in the company, you must do additional work. This is a great first step. Connie followed this statement with a forced smile. She had left him with two options. He could either accept the assignment or begin his new promotion by fighting with his boss. Keith recalled the time when his life fell apart. Losing his job was a big part of those events. He did not have much of a choice. Connie had a reputation for getting rid of people she did not like, and he was not about to risk her displeasure by denying the request. What's on the stick? He asked, giving it a skeptical look. It contains data on a customer, God's Girl. Her billing information lists her real name as Millicent Wentworth, and her address is in Burbank, Connie replied. Several months ago, she stopped paying the subscription fee, but she has somehow managed to continue playing Glim 3. Our efforts to stop her accessing the game have failed. As soon as we block one internet address she is using, she crops up somewhere else in the system. This has the senior managers upset. Our software engineers are baffled and my boss wants answers. So we need to do some old-fashioned legwork to sort this out. And by we, I mean you. Just a knock on a door, right? Keith asked. If you do manage to contact Miss Wentworth, see if she will cooperate in exchange for us not prosecuting for theft. Most importantly, we need to discover how she is hacking our system so we can prevent similar incidents. It should be an easy assignment for someone with your background. You have 24 hours, and the company will reimburse you for all reasonable expenses. Connie then pulled the corporate credit card she waved at him earlier out of her purse and slid it across the table. For the first time, he realized that it bore his name. The cost of this meeting was going on his expense report, not hers. Well, he said, picking up the card, I hope you enjoy dinner. I will. She replied with another of her smiles. I ordered the most expensive thing on the menu. Thank you for listening to The First Butterfly, Episode 3, Chapter 2. This episode was written and produced by Jason Calibre. Featuring the voice talents of Chris Bander and Jay Cal. Cover art for the podcast and ebook provided by Nancy Aphrodite. Theme music, Sun Still Rises, provided by Wanderbeats. Please visit our website, thefirstbutterfly.com, for a complete list of attributions, links, and other information concerning this patio book. You can help support this podcast by rating and reviewing us on iTunes. As always, we wish you all the best and look forward to sharing our next episode with you. Until then, have a wonderful week.